I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode number 21 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we're going to be talking about Rob Roy McGregor. So just before we kick things off folks, uh, once again just wanted to thank you all for your support uh, for the podcast. For those of you who wish to support the podcast, there are many ways in which to do so. The main one is, of course, um, leaving reviews and sharing it with your friends. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, for example, you can leave a review. Uh, If you would, I would be very, very grateful for that. Uh, You can also drop us a line on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram even. Uh, just uh, so it's the URL, so facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Twitter is at Scott History Pod. Instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod. YouTube.com forward slash Scott History Pod. The email address is Scott History Pod at gmail.com. As I uh, usually say, you can see a bit of a theme going on here. Uh, but if you would like to support uh, me in making this podcast possible, hosting fees, etc., they do cost a little bit. So uh, if you can spare £1 or £3 per month uh, to me, you can cancel at any time on the Patreon page. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Scott History Pod. Uh, you can choose to donate £1 or £3 per month to the podcast and once again is uh, eternally, eternally grateful. Uh, as I say, just for the hosting fees and things like that. New equipment uh, is coming on the way and things like that. So, very exciting times, folks. So, yep, yeah, episode number 21, Rob Roy McGregor. Let's kick things off, shall we? So in my time uh, as a tour guide, someone I was regularly asked about was Rob Roy McGregor. Whilst an interesting and intriguing character, his story is a fairly simple one. Robert McGregor was born on the 7th of March in 1671 at Glen Gael, which sits at the head of Loch Catherine in the west of Scotland. 
His father was Douglas Glass MacGregor and his mother was Mary Campbell. When he was very young, he was given the nickname Ruad, which is Scots Gaelic for the colour red. This was due to his brilliant red hair. Over time, Ruad became anglicised to Roy. So simply, Rob Roy means Red Robert or Robert the Red. Now, although Rob was part of the MacDonald clan in 1603, King James VI issued a proscription on the name MacGregor, which banned its use under pain of death. The MacGregors were known for protecting their lands by the sword, and due to this they were always involved in skirmishes and brawls, even over land that they claimed, but yet could not provide proof that they actually owned. The clan Campbell would regularly provoke the MacGregors in order for royal warrants to be produced to allow the extermination of the MacDonald clans. This tactic did not work, however, a further sequence of events eventually led to the proscription. In 1589, the MacGregors killed the King's Forester after he had the MacDonalds hung after he caught them poaching in the Drummondernoch Forest. That Sunday that followed, the MacDonald clansmen gathered in a small kirk, which is basically a Scots word for church. Uh, so a small kirk in Balkhidder, and one by one they swore themselves as partners in this forester's death, whilst placing their hands on his severed head that sat on the altar. In 1603, the MacGregors defeated the Calhouns of Luss in a battle. The Calhouns then had their men's widows parade with their dead husbands' bloody shirts on top of wooden poles. The whole point in this little segment is really to say that despite we know Rob Roy is a MacGregor, he actually usually went under his mother's maiden name, Campbell, because the MacGregor name was outlawed, it was banned. For a little more history into the uh, Campbell and MacGregors, please check out my episode on the Massacre of Glencoe, which is episode number 8 of this podcast. If you've already heard it, excellent. If you haven't, please go back to the beginning, start at episode one and work your way forward. Now it is likely that growing up Rob was probably involved in cattle farming and possibly rustling as well. But at the age of 18, he along with his father Douglas joined the Jacobite army in 1689 in support of the exiled King James VII. They both took part in the Battle of Killiecrankie which took place on the 27th of July in 1689 where despite victory over the Williamite forces, the Jacobites lost their leader John Graham aka Bonnie Dundee, the Viscount of Dundee. The Dundee's death led to the end of the uprising and Rob went back to his land. His father, however, had was held for two years on treason charges, during which time Rob's mother passed away. Now, some years earlier, Rob had been married to his cousin, Mary MacGregor, with whom they had four sons in 1693. From this time they took the name Campbell. 
The land he lived and worked on up until 1712 was owned between the Duke of Montrose on one side and the Duke of Argyll on the other. In 1711, Rob went to the Duke of Montrose to borrow a sum of money, which is roughly the equivalent of a thousand pounds in today's money. However, Rob asked his best friend to go and collect this money, and the friend disappeared into thin air, possibly using the money to purchase a one-way ticket for himself and his family to what was described at the time as the New World, so possibly America, Canada, Australia or New Zealand. This left Rob in debt to Montrose. Rob was going to use the money to fund his now bustling cattle business. Rob spent months evading capture by Montrose's men and Montrose had Rob's wife and children forced out of their home and the home burned in front of them so they could not return. And then in 1712 the Duke of Argyll decided to offer land to Rob to build a home in Glenshira under condition that Rob surrendered his weapons. However, Rob only chose to surrender his old rusty weapons. Rob, however, at this time was rarely home. Funding his cattle business and, of course, feeding his family was paramount to him. So he set about raiding Montrose's land, and occasionally Argyle's. Regularly he rustled cattle. He acted in a way of a highwayman by robbing Montrose's tax wagons, and in one particular instance he also took Montrose's factor, hostage on an island in the middle of a loch. And he also set up a blackmail or extortion ring. By this I mean that Rob would rustle cattle and then force farmers and crofters to pay the pay him sorry for their safe return. Argyle was actually quite happy to see Rob perform such acts as the two dukes had a particular dislike to one another. In 1719, another Jacobite uprising broke out, and with the two dukes in support of the government, Rob took this opportunity to once again pillage both men's lands. In addition, Rob signed up once again for the Jacobite army, and was present as a regiment leader at the Battle of Glenshiel on the 10th of June 1719. Many sources, however, wrongfully state that Rob was injured at Glenshiel, however, these sources are incorrect. In 1717, the Indemnity Act of 1717 was introduced, which exonerated all clans who took part in the 1715 uprising. Well, all clans except the MacGregors. Things started to come to a head for Rob in around 1720, when he was captured by Montrose's men. However, Rob managed to escape, during which he famously hid inside the carcass of a dead cow. But in 1722, he was once again captured and properly imprisoned this time, until 1727. His release was widely attributed to two different factors. The first factor was due to support for Rob from the Duke of Argyle and, in general, the public. The reason for the public support was due to a book that had been released about Rob in 1723, titled Highland Rogue. 
These both appealed to King George I, who was the king at the time, and a royal pardon for Rob Roy was issued shortly before he was about to be deported to Barbados. And then from there, Rob then lived the rest of his life in Balkidder Glen, or Balkidder Glen, in relative obscurity, dying on the 28th of December 1734 from natural causes. Now he died at about age 63, but on his gravestone, of which I posted a picture on the Facebook page the other day, uh, it incorrectly states that he was 70 years of age when he passed. Since his death, his legacy, however, does live on, with the town of Rob Royston named after him. Rob Royston is a town name which has came up a few times on this particular podcast because it's near Rob Royston that William Wallace was captured, for example, and we've mentioned him a couple of times. Another book as well was written by Sir Walter Scott that was released embellishing Rob's life ever so slightly, and uh, I believe that that book was the inspiration behind the movie Rob Roy, which was released shortly after Braveheart came out. Now, in terms of that movie, I I don't think I'm going to do another 50-minute long episode about the, um, uh, the rights and wrongs of Rob Roy, the film. Um, however, they managed to make a decent job out of uh, out of the history. There's a particular character in the film uh, which I know for a fact didn't exist, uh, and this was the character played by Tim Roth. Uh, I can't remember the character's name off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've seen the film. Um, I know that the it's one of the best scenes in the film where Tim Roth and Rob Roy have a um, a a battle, a, a duel, a sword duel in in a palace somewhere, uh, and I think that actually won an Oscar. That particular scene, uh, but the character of Tim Roth was introduced into the film to sort of spice it up a little bit, and in a way, it made the film make a little bit more sense in my view. But uh, um, they certainly seemed to get most of it right. The main thing they got right was they they filmed it in Scotland. But once again, that classic thing of not a Scotsman playing the lead role. But hey-ho, so where did we get to? So we had uh, the book, The Town of Rob Royston. Uh, There's also a football team called Kirkintilloch Rob Roy, which is named after Rob Roy. He's got a cocktail named after him, and even a long-distance footpath uh, in Scotland named in his honour. Um, the footpath is, is quite like the West Highland Way. It's a nice walk through glens, but it's in the, again, the west of Scotland. Um, and it'll be through the Trossachs area. The Trossachs was the area in which Rob Roy lived. Um, and I believe it was kind of one of the first uh, holiday destinations for people in the UK and in Scotland and things like that, round about the Loch Lomond area. And in fact, uh, the world's first travel agency by the name of Thomas Cook, which I think last year went into administration and is and is now unfortunately no longer with us, but the first ever travel agency anywhere in the world was a Thomas Cook that was based in a what is now a, a pub and hotel in a town called Calendar. So... 
One last thing about Rob Roy is that some do refer to Rob Roy as the real-life Robin Hood. However, my thoughts on who the real-life Robin Hood and who the stories of Robin Hood were really based upon lie, of course, with William Wallace. Now, I have had numerous messages in the last few weeks, uh, even in, I think, even within the last few days, from people requesting my take on where the origins of Robin Hood come from. And I will be getting round to that fairly shortly. I don't know if it'll be next week, but I will be getting round to doing that fairly shortly. I'm going to need to go through my research again. But now that we have had an episode about William Wallace, or a couple of episodes about Wallace, and now we have had the Rob Roy one, I'll maybe even throw in the Rob Roy references as well uh, to Robin Hood there. When you think about it though, Robin Hood, Rob Roy, there's there's a certain similarity in the name there. Um, but uh, a little bit more research on my part. I think the reason why people would say that he was the sort of real life Robin Hood was because he, you know, stole from the rich and, and gave to the poor. I really think though there's there's no kind of real evidence from the research certainly that I was doing this is in, in no way saying that this was actually true or not but in the research in which I was doing for this particular episode I found no um, there seemed to be no real benefit to anybody else it, it really seemed to be about Rob Roy it didn't seem to be about giving the money to, to the poor I'm not saying that he didn't but certainly from my research, um, there didn't appear to be anything of that uh, of that ilk anywhere. So, um, But I'll dive into it uh, regardless. So, so, another fairly short podcast again this week. I'm, some, I'm just going to go with the flow, see how long these episodes are when I record them. I'm not going to be uh, very specific. I'd rather have one out every week varying in length rather than trying to make a 40 odd minute epic every uh, every week so um, so there you go folks much requested Rob Roy story I hope you enjoyed it if you did give the uh, again you know give the podcast a like um, Facebook is a great way to get in touch with me and keep sort of up to date I tend to use Facebook a lot more than uh, than anything else um i've got a wonderful guy called uh, mikey who's helping me out with the instagram stuff so you might have seen a lot of new images and things like that so thank you very much to mikey for for that uh, i'm absolutely over the moon with the results in which we're getting so head over to the instagram and see what mikey's doing over there uh, any messages etc that we get i'm always there i'm going to be uh, responding to them all um, so facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod, Twitter, the handle is at Scott History Pod, um, Instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Try to think if there's anywhere else. Uh, of course, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode we got the email, so send me an email, um, Scott History Pod at gmail.com. Um, if there is anyone out there, just a sort of quick little call, if there is anyone out there who is good with web pages, I just want to uh, set up a web page for, not a website, just a, a, a page for the uh, for the podcast, uh, so basically buy a domain name, just scotthistorypod.com or whatever, 
And uh, when people go to that page, there's a link basically to everything. So rather than me having to list out where we are, just say go to scotthistorypod.com sort of thing. Um, So that would be ideal. The podcast uh, seems to be doing pretty well up on the Acast network as well. So um, I hope that uh, I hope that you're uh, enjoying that. If you're enjoying the quality, I'm using uh, again for the second week running using my um, not new secondhand whatever um, audio interface, same microphone as uh, as usual, but uh, got a new audio interface on the go. So you know, is the quality good? Is uh, is there anything that we can do to improve? I like to hear constructive feedback. I love getting the. Uh, the messages uh, saying how much you're enjoying the podcast and stuff. So, um, yeah, I tend to do this at the end of every pe- uh, every podcast, just uh, you know, just sort of continually thanking you. But honestly, um, it means the absolute world to me. You know, especially during this time when, um, you know, five months ago I was gearing up to go back into tour guiding after after a year or so away from it, and uh, and then of course. COVID-19 happens and um, things get thrown upside down so to continue doing this uh, for uh, for you folks it's it's awesome uh, once again if you feel like contributing in, in any way to the podcast either send me a message or head over to patreon.com forward slash scott history pod you can uh, donate one pound or three pounds per month. Now, when you go onto the website, it shows you how much tax you'll pay on that. So basically, three pounds. If it's three pounds sixty, I think it is. If it's uh, if you're on the British page anyway, I think it will say three pounds sixty pence. And basically, that sixty pence is for the VAT. Three pounds goes to me um, essentially. Um, podcast is fairly expensive to host uh, especially on Acast because you know they basically put it everywhere I'm trying to get this in as many places as possible if you are a listener who is listening for the first time and it's maybe not in a medium which you would normally listen to on send me a message and I will see if I can get it on your particular favoured uh, podcast player but we're on the Apple podcast Spotify I um, not iTunes I've already mentioned that YouTube as well, you can. Uh, I, I usually put the video into a playlist, so basically it'll just play one after the other, just like listening to it on Spotify, for example. Uh, so, anyway, folks, thank you very, very much again. It's uh, another late night or early morning for me. It's six thirty in the morning, so I'm going to edit this and then get to my bed ready to go to work. So, once again, folks, thank you very, very much for listening, and I will speak to you again next week. Cheers. Mm-hmm.